Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about money. We shouldn't be afraid to talk and negotiate. We shouldn't be afraid to show and share our dreams and vocalize them. And we've been taught our whole lives to stay quiet. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. You deserve to be the CEO of your life. That's what Sanira Madani teaches to her growing community of career women, female entrepreneurs, and powerful mothers. As Sanira believes, being the CEO of your life means running it with a clear vision and intentional systems to bring that vision to fruition, along with an unwavering commitment to level up. Sanira is proof that having it all isn't an audacious, outlandish, unattainable fairy tale. She's got the systems and advice that can help you develop what having it all means to you while staying aligned with what matters most. I've been following Sanira's story on Instagram for a while, so I am so thrilled to welcome this mother, innovator, CEO, and having it all expert to the show. Here she is, Sanira Madani. This episode is made possible by Purple. The Purple Grid sets the Purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. For a limited time, get 10% off any order of $200 or more when you use the code GOLDDIGGER10. Go to purple.com slash GOLDDIGGER10. Terms apply. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Visit linkedin.com slash gold digger. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Sanira, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Jenna. Thank you for having me. 
Okay, so I had to wait until we were on air to tell you about how I stumbled upon you and became very obsessed and excited to learn more <laughs> about you. Do you want to know how I found you? Yes, I want to because I asked you that question about five minutes ago and you're like, nope, I'm <laughs> I gonna, can't tell you. I can't tell you until we press record. So I'm like, let's go right now. So I found you via the Instagram Explore page with one of your reels. And I was like, wait, who is this beautiful woman? And then it was all about being a CEO. And I was like, I need her energy in my life. And I immediately clicked follow. So first, I just have to tell you that your reels are working. And thank you, Instagram Explore page for connecting me to you all those months ago. Oh my God. I love it. I'm actually going to my Instagram right now to see that Jenna Kutcher follows me. I think that's so cool. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. You had this just like CEO energy in one of your reels. And I love... So here's like a, a slight hack that I love about Instagram is when you follow accounts that like inspire you and when you engage with people that you love, Instagram wants to give you more of that. And so I just have to say thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for connecting me to Sanira because when we were looking at like dream guests, you were on the list. And I'm just oh so grateful God. that we get this time together. Well, you just made my day. That is the sweetest thing ever. I'm just so humbled that you think I'm a dream guest. And I'm so honored to be here. And while I have this opportunity publicly, you're one of my dream guests for my podcast. So Jenna, would you like to be on CEO School of the Podcast? Oh, you better believe it, girlfriend. We need to do that. Oh, yes. I want for you to paint a picture for us. I have so many questions for you. It's like I'm like brimming and ready. I feel like this is going to be like a lightning round just because I'm like, there's so much I need to know. But I want to know, Sanira, where did you begin your career? Like, what did you envision for your life and your business in your earliest days? Well, I actually had zero desire to become an entrepreneur and to start a business. <laughs> so that's, let's start okay. there. I grew up in an immigrant parent household, and which meant that my parents were actually, they were entrepreneurs. And they weren't entrepreneurs in the sense that we think of us today. Like today, entrepreneurship is sexy. In the 70s, when they immigrated to the United States, it was necessity because they weren't educated. So the only way to actually build the American dream and build a life was to save money and buy a business that you can operate yourself. And so that's kind of the mentality that I grew up in was super a working hard family, immigrant family, really truly just chasing the American dream, which for my parents was an education for their children. Like that is all my parents like wanted to give us was a life and an, an opportunity for us to be able to live our lives. So I have a brother and him and I moved a ton of places growing up. I actually went to 10 different schools in 12 years wow. in that pursuit of happiness. Like truly my parents sacrificed everything to ensure that him and I were able to go to the best school, get an education and to build this, to build our lives. And so I'm forever grateful for having, you know, that mentality. And, you know, growing up in that household, we were always part of all the different businesses. So my dad actually became a successful entrepreneur and we had multiple businesses growing up, all small businesses like convenience stores, pizza shops, ice cream shop, a sweet shop it was. And also things like a marketing company he started and a nightclub. Like it literally ranged. Wow. It was it was crazy. And he was a serial entrepreneur. But my brother and I actually grew up working in the businesses like with our family, like from a very young Mm -hmm. age. 
And it wasn't that like child labor type of, you know, work. It was my dad just always wanted to, you know, like we would, we cleaned the bathrooms, but I'd also learn how to process payroll at the age of 14. Right. And so those were like kind of the experiences that I had growing up. But what I also saw was hardships and that entrepreneurship was so difficult and that as much as like we see the in today's lens the instagram entrepreneur and the life that you know earning passive income and we can do this and we can be on a beach that wasn't my my version of entrepreneurship it was super late nights it was working physically working until literally you couldn't work anymore and then having months with no paycheck or having to pour everything back into the business to keep it going and all the struggles that also come with it even if you are successful it's a roller coaster and so I actually got to experience that roller coaster firsthand with my family. And we grew up in just an incredible, I have just like the best parents. My father actually passed away earlier this year, which has been such a loss for, mm-hmm. for us. But something that he always told me and my brother was that we're going to be okay because we have it. And that was kind of the notion of, and I couldn't, I never really understood the it factor. And he'd say it to me, look, my whole life and even in my 30s and even when I became a mom and every day I come home from work and, you know, they'd watch my girls while I'm working. But now after he's passed away, the it factor is really that confidence, that ability to really, you know, do anything because you have that. We all have that superpower in us. And that's what really makes great entrepreneurs. And so I kind of share that story to kind of level set the background that I had growing up. So I had a lot of confidence around me. But at the same time, I wasn't really confident in myself. So, Mm. and like I said, education was super important. I went to University of Florida, got a double major in finance and marketing and had every internship ever worked for, you know, corporate America was quote living what I thought was the dream. And I absolutely hated corporate life. Like as, as like Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I guess. And entrepreneurship was in my blood. And what it really was is I was just problem solving all the time and challenging my managers to do better for our customers, to do this and that. And also at the end of the day, I was just a serial number on a laptop. And so I worked for like a major, you know, Fortune 50 company out of college and knew, okay, entrepreneurship isn't for me. I'm going to try to create a business and what I know. And so finance was my background prior to then. And I got recruited by a payments company selling merchant services. And they sold me the stream that I could create my own book of business. So it was entrepreneurial in a sense that I could you know, create a book of business and serve my customers, but also being backed by the corporate company. So it was a good hybrid for me to dabble into. But at one point, after I left my corporate job, I was literally selling payment terminals, like credit card machines, Jenna, like credit card terminals out of the trunk of my Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> convincing retailers that Ethernet would change the game. Like that, that was my job. <laughs> yes. and, and I think it was like six months into the job. And I was like, man, this is like the worst job ever. And it wasn't because I was a bad salesperson or I hated, I, I was a hard worker. And so I didn't mind actually, and I'm aging myself where we like physically had field sales reps. You know, I physically had to go sell Plaza to Plaza. I had a quota, I had to sell physical devices and it was hard. But what was more interesting was when I listened to the customers to say what what was happening? What was their experience? And it doesn't feel that long ago. This is not even a decade ago. It was like 2011, 2012. And 
the market was just dominated by the banks and no one really added any value to credit card processing. So we were becoming more and more cashless as a society. They needed these tools to be able to not only accept credit cards, but also be able to grow their business. And nobody was actually looking at the growth side. Everybody was just looking at the take side. And Mm -hmm. as if data nerd, a finance major, I was like, all those transactions that are running through that machine, those are all data points that we can use. Like if we had that in our business and I knew where my transactions were coming from, I knew what customers were returning. I could do so many cool things from an analytics standpoint. And also the biggest complaint, the retailers didn't even ask for that. But the biggest complaint that the customers had was that they were just nickel and dimed. They were pushed into these long-term contracts. There was no transparency for the for the customers. And so one snowstorm, I'm stuck in snowstorm in Texas, by the way. So that's another story. So the snowstorm in Texas, I was stuck in. <laughs> I'm rerouting my subscription boxes. This is pre-subscription era, but I was obsessed with everything subscription. The light bulb goes off. Why isn't there a subscription unlimited processor in payments for SMBs in America, for businesses in America, small to medium-sized businesses? And I, I like knew it that that was the idea. And I was working for that payment company. So I went back, like literally went to straight to, you know, their corporate office to go pitch this idea to my boss's bosses to say, this idea is going to revolutionize the company. And I want one hour of your time. I'm going to make sure that it's worth it. And the idea was rejected. And so I left very disappointed. And that's kind of the beginning of it. And I remember going home and my family sitting around me saying, why do I actually need to have a the partner, why don't I just go do it by myself? And so that's really the beginning of Fat Merchant and how the idea actually came about and got started. It was actually a rejected idea and it got rejected over a dozen times. And it's not its not like it's like a, a store that I can open. I need regulation. I needed software. I needed so many things to make it happen. But I'm glad I did. And I'm sure we'll get to what, what transpired since then. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's just such an amazing story. And I think I'm just always, and I'm sure you feel the same way, just so blown away by by the backstory of the people that we see as successful these days and the amount of rejection and the amount of confidence necessary to keep going. And I think nowadays people want to snap their fingers and, and just get to the good stuff but there's so much goodness in what you learn in that rejection season, in that down season. And I don't think you'd be the woman or the CEO that you are today without having gone through that, which leads me to this next question, which is what do you do now? Like, tell us about the payment processing world and starting Fat Merchant. Yeah. So that year, so I gave myself six months to go get, I needed to go get a sponsor bank. I needed to get Visa MasterCard. Like this is a really big feat. I'm 26 years old. Let me paint the picture. No money in my bank account. And I need to go start a a payments company. I don't even know where to begin. I just knew that this was going to work. And I had the experience and my experience was customer facing. So I was at the lowest level, but I was customer facing and I understood the customer. And I think that that is what really makes great companies is when you actually understand your customer and not just build products that like don't, that don't come from a customer first viewpoint. And so how it really started was I gave myself six months and I literally got $20,000 is what I was able to raise from borrowing money from friends and family. And really that took a bet on me and I took a bet on myself and in six months, I got all of my regulation, like everything that I needed to, but I went completely heads down 
in understanding, you know, what the logistics took to go get the banking process set up and things like that. And then from there, what I knew was that this idea of the first subscription-based flat rate processor, this was going to be very novel. So Square was just coming out into the marketplace with their flat rate, but there was still no subscription processor. But there was validation that the market was looking for simplicity and they were looking to tech. And so I pitched at venture plan competitions, which are like business competitions like around the nation. And tech is obviously like a big emerging scene that was happening, you know, in that time. So this is 2013. And so between 2013 and 2014, I literally pitched at every pitch competition I could enter my name into. And I ended up taking home first place at almost every single one. So I took home over $200,000 in prize competition wins. And so, yeah. And so with every, literally like the giant checks, Jenna, like the giant, you go to like the, I literally get the fit. I have pictures of those giant checks and I still have one hanging in our corporate office here, like in the conference room, which is so fun. So I ended up winning a bunch of pitch competitions, but what that meant was I was able to put the dollars. I would literally put in the dollars in the bank account the next day. And no, you can't cash the giant checks. Those are fake. So <laughs> literally cash the money. And that's when I hired like my first employee. And then my second employee put money into digital advertising. And honestly, my business model was built out of scarcity as well, because I didn't have the funds. And most of our competitors went to market with feet on the street, right? It's like I was, I was a physical seller and I couldn't afford to hire a sales team. And so I put my money online. And that is where I know you're going to love this because it was all digital marketing. It was all yes. SEO, SEM, blogging. Like it was AdWords. It was a full inbound model. And what was cool is that online, nobody knows how big or small you are. So I was able to really come in and my dollars went so much further. And so that's kind of where I invested my dollars. And so we started acquiring customers online and it was cheaper to acquire our customers online. I was able to service them better and it was an easier scalable model. And what took place was that year in 2014, because of all the wins, the local press started writing about us. Mm -hmm. And then Fast Company gave me a call and I had no idea what this was going to do for us. Or I never even understood that I'm even talking to a writer at Fast Company and what's going to take place. Next morning, there is an article, front page Fast Company that reads, meet the woman trying to change the credit card industry. And that article (laughs) went viral. So there was over 20,000 shares of just that article itself. Our tiny office in Orlando with like two people and three phones, because we had an intern that would come in. Our phones rang off the hook. We had to get phones installed. Every startup in our like co-working space was helping us manage leads, manage customers. People were faxing in their applications. And so that's kind of the birth story of what took place that 2014 from that idea, the rejected idea to that year, our first year, we had 5 million in payments like that year by close of December. And I had no infrastructure and I didn't even have our tech, right? So I needed to get a CTO. I needed to go get engineers. I needed to build the platform. I was like white labeling a solution. This was literally not in the plan for it to scale the way that it did. And so I raised my hand and I literally asked the city of Orlando for help. Okay. Because I didn't know where to go. And I found there was a tech accelerator locally here And so I went to the tech accelerator. I was like, I need engineers. I need people. I don't understand software. I need to build this. I have customers demanding this. I think I had like 20,000 in like monthly recurring revenue coming in and like no product delivered. Like it was, it was, (laughs) it was crazy. And that year, like I joined the accelerator. And then at the end of demo day at the accelerator, by that time I had 
a team of engineers and I had an MVP of the platform built and I asked, you know, for a seed round. So that's when I officially like opened up. I have no, I don't know how to raise venture capital, but this was like my first, this is what I needed to really scale. So I asked the Orlando community and the angels for half a million dollars in a seed round. And we were oversubscribed to $1.4 million that night. Wow. Yes. And so I got, (laughs) I know it's so crazy. And what's crazy is even crazier is that five years later, so I'm going to close this out. Five years later, we did 5 billion in payments, 5 billion. And that's my company. And that was like, I would have not started. That was in my head. And I can't believe it. We have over 130 employees. We have just like this massive office in Orlando where like Orlando's like sweetheart startup that has wow. emerged. And this year, like literally last week, I just announced a recap of the company, which is like a recapitalization of the business. We had another private equity came in. I raised over 150 million in venture for, for the business. And we returned 18 times money for our investors that invested wow. on that route. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like still in Shanira, shock. Like, I feel like I'm on Shark Tank and I'm like, sign me up. Yes, you win. I I want to be in your tank with you. You are so remarkable and so brilliant. And there's just like so much where I'm like, how, how, how? And I want to know, like, did you do anything? I mean, you skimmed the surface. Like I know, I know you had to talk fast and we had to listen fast to even comprehend all of the work and the time and the energy and the devotion that you put into making all of this happen. But I'm so curious, like, was there anything that you just did differently or or unexpected because you weren't of this world, you know, like you didn't come from the tech background. You didn't have all of these things. Could you put your finger or pulse on anything that you did different or unexpected during those early growth stages of your business? Absolutely. I would say number one is sheer will. Like, I will say that that is like what there's a resilience factor that every single successful entrepreneur has because it's not easy. I literally gave you the two minute version of a six year journey because we have a 30 minute podcast to cover this, right? And (laughs) it is, it's unreal, but every single day felt like a mountain, right? Like when you go through and every entrepreneur listening here that successful or unsuccessful, as we grow, that definition of success changes. Our challenges become bigger. Like every single day I walk into those doors at Fat Merch, I come up off the elevators and I always tell myself that like today I'm running an even bigger company than I did the day before. Because mm, every single day we yes. grow, right? Every day. And so that's a different challenge. It's hard. But it's that mm-hmm. sheer will of knowing that I'm just going to show up and do my best. I didn't go to CEO school. Right. I didn't have the experience. And that's really where, you know, my mission comes from, which we'll talk about later. But that is really CEOs. I didn't have that. So I think number one is sheer will. Number two is having a right team around you. And so yeah. if you want to go, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And winning is fun, but winning with friends is even more fun. And I got, you know, every place that I get an opportunity to work with people that are better than me, that are smarter than me, that is what has helped Fat Merchant grow. I quickly brought on my brother as co-founder into the company right at that fast company phase. I'm like, okay, we need to go scale this. I need your help. He had background in venture capital, you know, so he has, he was working for uh, like, he had two startups before then that he was working for that. He was like sub employee number 20 in you know, and he had a lot of experience, you know, in what I needed. And it's really knowing what your strengths are and then complementing it with a team that really is just better. And so that was like definitely the secret sauce 
was putting people around you that will strategically add greater value. Because I think that's where I've seen most women businesses not make it to the greater levels. And I, I talk about this all the time. You know, my entire mission now in life, besides my children, has really become around helping other women hit that at least a million dollar revenue milestone. Cause I didn't even have that for myself. I always thought success yes. was defined as like a six figure job and that's not bad. Six figures is incredible. And that that's a success, but we actually don't even dream bigger because we have yes. never been taught to dream bigger. And we've never seen other women yes. succeed. I'm a Brown woman that didn't have any experience. Like their opportunities are, I never even knew. I never saw anybody like me. And so even psychologically, I've never, I've just never experienced that. And here I am like a normal person. Like literally I drink wine. I'm a mom of two. I am like, I do my best. Like I don't have any of this experience and I have a lot of success that didn't come from somebody teaching me this like roadmap to success. And so what I've seen is that, you know, we as women actually don't, we're afraid to take risk. And then we're afraid to hire on people. And that's part of that risk. And we can't grow if we're not going to add in bigger talent and just be ourselves because we're so afraid of letting other people down that we don't take that chance. And so I would say, you know, going back to your question, number one is having that sheer will. And number two is building a team because you can't do it alone. Yes. 2021 means new beginnings and new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your new year vision is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn jobs can help you find the right person quickly. And now to make things even sweeter, your first job post, it's free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com and you can do it all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn jobs can help you hire the right person faster. Take it from me, I've hired my last four employees with LinkedIn Jobs. They all started within a week or less, and I can't imagine my business without them. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash golddigger. Again, that's linkedin.com slash golddigger to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You could put your coziest, fluffiest, most comfortable duvet on any mattress and they'd all look the same. But once you crawl under the covers, it's easy to tell that all mattresses are not created equal. So which mattress should you pick to pair with your favorite blanket? Let me save you the research. The Purple Pillow and Mattress are unlike anything you've ever slept on. The Purple Grid is the only comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body and sleep style. Its open air channels and temperature neutral composition eliminate pressure and keep you cool all at once. If you're like me and you want to jump on the bed before you commit the next few years of sleep on it, every Purple product comes with a risk-free trial. If you're not completely satisfied, you can return your product for a full refund. I felt the Purple Grid technology for myself. It's so cool to touch and it looks futuristic. If your mattress is stuck in the past, experience the Purple Grid and you'll sleep like you've never slept before. Go to purple.com slash golddigger10 and use the promo code Gold Digger 10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. 
That's purple.com slash golddigger10, promo code golddigger10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply. One of the things that I admire so much about you and the reason why I couldn't hit follow fast enough when watching your reel was just that you have that energy and that stamina that also like paints that possibility for women. And I couldn't agree more in the sense that sometimes when people tell me like my lifestyle is too unrelatable or I was more relatable when I was smaller... I want to paint that possibility. The reason why we share what we share is to just show you what's possible. Even if it's not your definition of success, it is possible. And just in knowing that, I feel like that expands your realm of what could be reality for you. Do you agree? A hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. Even through this whole process, so I just did a recap of the company, and I'm really public, like venture in like the world that I live in. Nobody understands why I show up on Instagram, by the way. They like, I'm judged all day long (laughs) by my male counterpart for why I show up on Instagram and why I need to show up and share my life and share my stories and dance funny dances on reels, right? (laughs) Like why I need to do this stuff. And it's literally not, it's not for me. It's not about me anymore. It's really about inspiring. And I I feel like I have a duty. Like I really do feel that. I feel like I have a duty to share what's happening to share, not just the good stuff, you know, and that's kind of like the biggest lesson that I share that entrepreneurship is hard because I honestly got so fed up of seeing the, I don't want to call the fake world of Instagram where it's just, it's, you're not going to stylized version of it. Yes. And here I am with like, I raised my literally two rounds of venture capital, both pregnant with my first daughter and my second daughter. And on my, on my pitch deck, it said, I'm pregnant. I'm not going anywhere because I was so tired of people asking me about my maternity leave. And so it's hard. And it's not just about entrepreneurship. I think that there's so many women who are in leadership positions. Like we should just be, I just want to be around women and support women that are just ambitious. And this is 2020. And this calling, it's real. And it's our duty to show up for ourselves, for our daughters, for our sisters. And we shouldn't be afraid to talk about money. We shouldn't be afraid to talk and and negotiate. We shouldn't be afraid to show and share our dreams and vocalize them. And we've been taught our whole lives to stay quiet, to keep it inside of us. And I think it's a disservice to us. And so I believe that it's my duty to show up on Instagram and do ridiculous dances and inspire every girl out there (laughs) to dream big. So that's why I do it. I love it. And it brought me to you. So I'm even more grateful for it. And I want to know, because even when I think about just this conversation and the importance of it, like when you and I got on the line, we weren't even talking business, we were talking life. And it's like, like, I just put my daughter down for her nap, and I'm watching her monitor while we are recording this. And there is this just real juggle mentality. But I do believe that you can have it all. And it's going to be hard. And it's not going to be perfectly balanced. But I want to know, do you ever feel that conflict or pressure to be all things at once? Like, how do you navigate being a mom and a CEO and also like starting new adventures almost every day? What does that look like for you? It's hard. It is definitely hard. And I will say that it's by my own doing and my own design. And I kick myself every year for signing up for way more than I can chew. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just how I operate. I'm an overachiever and I just want to do it all. And I feel like I can do it all. So I sign up for bigger and bigger goals. But it does. It does feel overwhelming at times that you have 
everything pulling at you. But I will say that I have found ways to do it all. So I do run a very large company. I have 130 employees that report like into like into me. And it's a lot of responsibility. I have investors and I have community relationships with like how big Fat Merchant is. Like I sit on boards and I have community stuff that I have to do in philanthropy and things like that. But I also have my kids and my family and that is always going to be my number one, right? So I have my family, Fat Merchant, and then my third bucket, which is what fills me to like give back to all of this is it's me. And what fills me is helping other women. And so CEO school became a huge part of that. This year, I launched the podcast with Shannon Monson, who's incredible. She's my partner at CEO school. This year, I launched a journal that was like literally something I journal every day. and I've been wanting to create my own journal. So I did that this year. We launched a mastermind. We launched a membership club, like so many cool things for the community there. But that to me, like is also important. So the way that I kind of balance this, like, it's crazy, like it's a lot happening, but I really believe in work-life integration. And I really believe in having a three, I call it a three bucket principle. And so my three bucket principle is as follows. We as humans, it's like the rule of three, we can't do more than that. And so seasons change. So your buckets may change, right? So things change and seasons may change. But in this season, if you look back and you identify, you're like, okay, here are the three things that are important to me. My number one, this is my family. And this is like, this bucket needs to stay full. Fat Merchant, this bucket needs to stay full. And then myself and CEO school in this bucket needs to, that's it. So everything else that isn't that bucket, I have to say no to. And so I make decisions based on these three buckets. And because we all have the same amount of hours in a day, right? We can't do much more than that. But it's not about being busy. It's about being full and being full with the right things that you want to be full with. And so that's kind of the way that I view it. These are my three buckets. And also another trick that I have that I always share is that we're not going to be full. It's not going to be every day that every bucket is going to be balanced. And I think this is where the mom guilt and the motherhood really eats at us because we put so much pressure on ourselves to have a perfect balance every day. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be work out perfectly today and do your self care and be a great mom and do, you know, your podcast recordings and get all your social media and do all your business stuff. It's just not going to happen. So what you need to do is if you zoom out for the week and you're like, here's my three buckets. If you proactively plan your week based on those three buckets, like great. If I have a really busy work day today and I'm, I'm going to work late, but I'm not going to be able to you know, tuck my daughters in tonight, I have to be okay with that. Then I know that, okay, I still have to balance that this week and fill that bucket. And so it's not going to be a balance by day. I really try to like zoom out for the week and make sure that my three buckets are balanced and that nothing else makes it on that plate. And that's kind of the three bucket principle that I live by that I hope that others may find of use. You know what you made me think of that's just so random, but it also kind of plays into this whole notion is that men operate on a 24 hour cycle, like their body just like (laughs) changes in a 24 hour cycle. And we operate on like a 30 day cycle, like our hormones and the way that our bodies are and the way that we show up. And I feel like for women, it's like we get overwhelmed when we think about like what we need to do in a day. But if we can like zoom out and be like, here's what I want to accomplish in the month and like fitting those puzzle pieces around and moving them around, it totally changes our perspective. And it also kind of like releases that stress and that tension on us. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I'm a huge proponent of planning. And that's like part of what has made my life so successful. It's not that it's anything novel. It's just really being 
purposeful. That's all. Like, let's all be a little bit more purposeful today and not just do it and say yes for the sake of saying yes. And that's where I find us women, we're such yes people, right? We're we're so afraid of disappointing, (laughs) but it's so tough to be like, hey, this is actually what's important to me. And and now's a great time. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but it's 2021 is around the corner, right? Or it's just arrived, right? So it's here. We have a whole year ahead of us. So I really encourage people to zoom out and explore their goals and really understand what is important and why it's important. And then breaking them down into achievable, manageable, shorter goals. I can't even view five years out from out. I don't even know. Like I can't even... I I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that, you know, definitely being purposeful is what has, has been a big driver of my life. And I'm really grateful for that. So you briefly touched on this, but let's dive back into it. So you lead women through the CEO school journey to claim a spot in the 2% club. So first, talk to me about the 2% club and then explain this system and why it's such an important mission for you. Okay. So I'm going to blow your mind. Less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue. Less than 2%. And that, when I found out this statistic, it literally blew my socks off. And I was angry. Like I was literally Mm, physically angry, physically angry. I'm like, why are we not talking about this? Why are we not doing more about this? And then when I look back and I look at all the women that I've mentored through the years, and I've just, I haven't really, so kind of a little bit about that mission and how it took place. So prior to really forming CEO school this year, prior to that, I was just sharing my life on Instagram. So it was literally just, you know, we have a, my life was crazy. I was like literally going into a board meeting while like breastfeeding my daughter, like five minutes before, like life is just so busy of like working executive mom life. And I was just really trying to showcase, it got really hard and I felt really lonely. And I really wanted to share the struggles of entrepreneurship, but also show like what's happening behind the scenes of like really building a company and like what it really takes. So I was showing up online when Insta stories came out is like really when my presence on Instagram started growing and the audience started to grow. And so I had this large audience that was just following me every day through this journey and it started to grow organically. And all the time I was just asked constantly for mentorship, for, for programs, for other things. And I'm like, I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to do something with it. And literally this year, earlier this year, when I, that, the statistic, when I found the statistic, I was actually getting ready to speak at Shannon's conference, which is how it actually all came transpired. So I was going to go speak at a conference for, you know, and Shannon, my partner there, she has been doing mentorship for, you know, for digital entrepreneurs for years and years and years. So I was speaking at a conference and I was preparing this slide presentation and that came about and I was like physically sick. And I show up to the conference the next day and I ask the audience, I say, how many of you guys want to have a six-figure business? Every single one of them raise their hand. And I said, put your hand down. How many of you guys want to have a seven figure business? And then they raise their hand back up. And it was like, just that simple of like, we just limit ourselves with like, with yes. that number. And I'm like, this is what is wrong. And we need to do something about it. So we launched the podcast, the pandemic happened, like all the plans went out the door this year for all of the in-person events and things like that. But we went virtual and just had some, you know, we've mentored over 200 women this year through business coaching and leadership coaching and just through some really incredible programs. We just launched the club and I'm so excited. It's going to start in January and it's literally a play on the good old boys club 
because I am tired of all my male counterparts in my space. There's no girls where I'm at in this space. Mm-hmm. And and everything, it's the golf outings, it's the country clubs, it's all the bullshit. Okay, I'm gonna say it's all the bullshit that we don't, we actually don't even have a chance to participate because they have their club, their yeah. girl boys club. And so our club is just the club. And we wanna welcome all women, ambitious women who, you know, want to level up in leadership and life. And it's not just for entrepreneurs, uh, the club isn't, but we just want to do great, share great stories of successful women, similar to what you're doing. And that is the mission of CEO school is to bring more women to what we call the 2% club. So it's this fictitious club of the two percenters. And we're so proud to welcome these women to it. And I want to share those stories and we want to celebrate them. This conversation is just reminding me of the power that comes from just sharing our own stories because I think oftentimes we hear things like numbers and figures and accolades and and when we hear them and we see people that look like us or other women or other people just champion and like moving forward, it just continues to show us like what's truly possible. And while I'll never start a tech startup company or go in an inky like just hearing your story it like it just provides that conviction of like no but anything is possible like this is proof and it's just so inviting it's like you just by showing up as who you are Sanira you give permission for other people to do the same and I think that that alone is just so valuable I appreciate it, Jenna. I'm literally so it invigorates me. Even just talking, I'm like literally standing up right now. I'm like, we can do yes. it. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Oh, so I want to know what are you most excited about in this new year? What is firing you up? What is getting you just out of bed in the morning? What's something that you can't wait to tackle? Well, I am just everything. I'm so excited about just 2021. Who's not excited? About 2021. I know, it has, right? It has been, you know, and you know, it has been a really tough year. But and when I look back, and like this was actually the biggest professional year of my life, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a really hard year, and so I'm looking forward to traveling again in 2021. Like, there's so many exciting things that are happening in business for me. We have new partners at Fat Merchant. I'm excited to hopefully do some, acquire some companies. I've never been on that side. So we have some things lined up there. And so, you know, I'm on a mission to create a billion dollar. I want to create a unicorn. And so I want to be the first brown girl to do it. And my mission's there. So I'm excited to continue to do that for Fat Merchant. CEO school. I'm so excited about the podcast, the club. And so I just want to invite more women there. And then personally, I'm excited to go see my friends again. Like I miss like Napa trips with my girlfriends and I just miss regular life things. And so hopefully with the vaccine and things hopefully getting better, I'm hopeful for, you know, what's the point in working so hard if we can't enjoy it and I'm tired of being at home. And so I'm looking forward to getting out and going to Napa. That's what I want to go do. I just, by the way, I'm obsessed. I drink a lot of wine. I'll admit that. (laughs) And so I want to go to the vineyard and go with my girlfriend. So I'm looking forward to that. I love all of those visions so much. It's like screw shark tank. You're making your own Sanira tank. And I am all for this. Yes. I I have a fun too. I launched a fun last year. So we have a tiny angel fun for investing in really cool women companies. I had a, a woman yesterday pitch like the coolest pump product for women that I'm excited to to get behind. So 
lots of cool things, but it's, it's exciting. It's nice. And you know, it's, it's a privilege. It's such a privilege. And I think it's so important for all of us to remember that, that in a really tough yeah. year, people are, have a lot going on. It's financially, the economy, uh, COVID, and it's always true. And I think it's important for us to always, you know, identify with our privileges and that what we can do to really yes. make other people's lives better. Cause no matter how hard of a day we're having, it's not worse than somebody else's. And so yes. I look forward to giving back more in 2021 and finding more ways to, you know, give back. So that's also really important. Where can everybody find you, connect with you, follow your awesome reels, get in touch with you, give us all of the places. It's all on Instagram. I am like a one trick pony. I cannot manage more than <laughs> one social media account. So you can follow me at Sanera Madani, just my first name, last name. You can follow us at CEO School as well. You can follow Fat Merchant as well. And you can follow along on the podcast, which is on iTunes and all the others. And it's a CEO School podcast. So you can follow along in all those places. I personally do check into my DMs and try to get back to everybody. And so you can definitely shoot me a message directly on Instagram. Awesome. Sanira, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Seriously, this was such a treat. This was so fun, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to having you on our show. Yes, let's <laughs> do it. I will never, ever tire of hearing these stories from incredible women founders. And there's just so much that Sanira said where I'm like, yes, yes, we need more of this. And I don't know if you could feel it, but I could just feel her passion just oozing through my earbuds as she shared about her mission and what she hopes to accomplish and hopes to inspire in other women. I mean, the 2% Club, we need to change that. And I truly believe that us as a collective and a community can do just that. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 